Good evening. What a day. It's been 24 hours and there's a lot to, a lot to talk about. I, I was thinking when I first started this, I'd do a couple times a week. And I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a daily podcast. It's definitely going to be, I think, for, for quite a while. Uh, I think it's going to be titled Behind Enemy Lines. You know, that was yesterday's episode, and I don't think that's going to change. I think based on what I'm seeing today, based on what I'm seeing in a coordinated effort from the press, uh, from uh, the political establishment, your your votes, your sentiment, your questions don't matter. And we are moving towards a Kafka-esque New World Order, 1984-style world where you're going to be issued your opinion your daily dose of information as if it's a drug and you're going to be told questions questioning anything will be punished Uh, we're not going to stand for that we fortunately are experiencing this in a time of new media in a time where information is available uh, not only 24 7 because we saw that's failed coming from certain sources but really uh, via the internet via sources even though uh, big tech is censoring the best they can they're just overwhelmed right now. Uh, you see cable, or sorry, online and soon to be cable news channel Newsmax passing up Fox Business a couple days in a row. They'll pass Fox soon. Uh, they're the number two app as of last checking, a Newsmax app for news. They'll be number one soon. Uh, the only comp- competition they have is Parler, which is the Twitter social media uh, alternative that Dan Bongino has deep interest in and helped start, and they're they're blowing up because people are tired of it. They've learned based on what Fox News did and the typical, um, you know, your typical media suspects like CNN and NBC calling states like Arizona, telling you that Joe Biden is the president-elect when the media does not certify the winner. The media makes projections, and that's a key thing. And now what they're doing, and we'll, we'll talk about uh, the states and where these uh, legal uh, legal actions are, are sitting right now and what Trump's chances are. And it'll be my opinion, but also based on what experts are saying. And, and each day his chances improve. But we're talking small improvements, and it's still something I consider a long shot. Hopefully that changes, changes over the next week. But everything we're seeing, and we're seeing mountains of evidence, uh, and yes, we're seeing evidence. Uh, we're told it's baseless. We're told it's misinformation. And this word baseless is taking form across uh, all of the what Rush Limbaugh calls the drive-by media, right? They like to drop a story on you and drive off, and when it's wrong, they're not there to deal with it. Baseless claims of voter fraud, baseless claims of voter impropriety is their continued move against you, their continued plan to disenfranchise you and to demoralize you, as we talked about yesterday. Just for example, we know the RNC has access to 11,000 sworn election fraud affidavits. This is 11,000 people that have signed under penalty of perjury under federal law. They have signed a sworn affidavit claiming they witnessed or experienced some type of voter fraud or impropriety. That was as of this morning. I'm sure there's a few thousand more. We've seen videos from different postal workers. We saw, if you saw it on Laura Ingram last night, she interviewed an anonymous poll worker from Nevada who is now under oath, has signed an affidavit swearing to this that she saw five people in the parking lot of her poll station, I believe in Clark County, filling out ballots on the side of a Biden-Harris van. 
That's just one of the examples we're learning about. It's one of the examples that we saw. There are more. And we're going to hear more and more about this probably next, next week as these legal teams release some of the evidence to win not only in the courts where they're suing right now to eventually get to the Supreme Court, but they need to win in the court of public opinion because right now public opinion is being falsely influenced by the mainstream media that Joe Biden has won, and there's absolutely nothing to question about this election. Believe your eyes. Believe what you're seeing. Be hungry for information. It's out there. Um, the you know There's an election projection website. You can look it up, and I will actually put it in the link or in the description of this podcast. It's a nonpartisan election projection website that has identified multiple states, all the battleground states, as having had fraudulent or suspected fraudulent elections, and therefore those states are not predicted. So they are not um, uh, predicting a winner, and therefore neither candidate has 270 electoral votes. This is the case as of yesterday for Real Clear Politics, the horribly performing poll because they averaged all the crap polls going up to the election. Real Clear Politics has pulled their projection for Joe Biden because Pennsylvania is no longer for Joe Biden in the Electoral College. I don't know if we'll see this from the mainstream media. What do you expect? They're not going to. You're not going to see Fox News pull Arizona, which is embarrassing because Arizona should not have been called. And it's already within 10,000 votes with more votes to be counted. Yet they wouldn't call Alaska. They wouldn't call Texas for hours. They waited an extra hour and a half like they did in 2016 to call Florida, which was a lock by 7.30 p.m. Eastern, not Central. They waited at least an extra hour by my calculation. You have now um, another really promising case, and this is very recently, against the Dominion voting machines. You've probably heard about these machines, and it's not the only machine that's been uh, reported to have had problems or, air quotes, glitches on election night. We now know Dominion is was in, used in, I believe, 47 counties in Michigan and a number of counties across the country to tabulate and process votes. I've seen one online video where a good a good uh, person under risk of um, much criticism and probably ridicule or worse demonstrated how you can log in to those Dominion machines as, as an administrator, get into the program and change votes as an administrator in less than two minutes. They have now whistleblowers, people coming forward in relation to Dominion fraud. You have to understand the one, again, air quotes, glitch in Altrum or Antrim County, Michigan, was a 6,000-vote mistake. Remember, that's actually 12,000 because it took 6,000 votes from Trump and applied those 6,000 votes to Joe Biden. That's 12,000. That was a glitch. That was the glitch or the error that went public enough to make people suspicious and, and get the Trump legal team to zone in on these Dominion machines. So just like we have 11,000 affidavits from eyewitnesses of election fraud, just like we have now postal workers with genuine and legitimate fears of federal prison coming forward and rolling on their supervisors, we now have Dominion machine, uh, either probably associates, workers, or again, more election uh, uh, night poll workers who work with the machines who witnessed some kind of irregularity that was most likely manually entered by someone trying to throw the election. That's going to come out too, and that's going to be part of the legal action in multiple states, at least for sure. I know Michigan and eventually Arizona where they use that machine. I'm not seeing anything on the Aegis machine yet, but there are a bunch of questions there, and I will certainly update uh, when I know, probably hopefully by tomorrow, we'll know if these Aegis machines are in question. 
really important too is um, the um, Nevada uh, question of 10,000 votes from out of state. I think I mentioned it yesterday. That's another legal case. So you know you have Nevada now with an eyewitness. There'll be more talking about people manually filling in ballots. You also have 10,000 votes right off the top that likely will get thrown out because the voters were not eligible to vote in the state of Nevada because of residency issues. And this is common. But what we're seeing is these everyday common election issues exacerbated, amplified in this election because they were done so intentionally, because those with Trump derangement syndrome cannot think clearly and they are acting on emotion and they could not see an outcome where Donald Trump was reelected and they got sloppy. And it's going to get them burned in these big markets. Now, how much will it get them burned? Hopefully a great deal. How much impact will it have on the eventual cases in front of the Supreme Court? Hopefully enough. And that's the key. We've got to show pattern and there's got to be enough of these votes that are in question, enough activities and um, people that are in question based on their behaviors on election night to show the Supreme Court that this election was essentially stolen, but not by some grand conspiracy coming from the top from one person. We know it wouldn't be Joe Biden. He would struggle leading a group of five people to uh, to get a discount at an early bird special at Denny's. That's not Joe Biden. These are people locally who are routinely influencing elections, whether they're local, whether they're presidential, and they just flexed a little bit too much in this case. And the mail-in ballot uh, factor of this election with COVID, with the fact that Democrats pushed universal mail-in so hard, it opened a door of opportunity to cheat. That's why you can you have people in parking lots able to fill out ballots. They were not accounting for the thousands and thousands of ballots going out unsolicited, right? Without even request in states like Nevada, people were receiving ballots. Are you telling me that every printed ballot, every ballot in the inventory was sent out and their shelves were empty? No. You've seen this. There's another video. I believe it's Michigan, but I mentioned, I think yesterday, there's somebody filming from an upper view over the shoulder, looking down uh, at, at poll workers filling out ballots, just shamelessly filling it out like they're filling out a test, Cir- circling in Joe Biden, circling in, I'm assuming, the other Democrat candidates and just putting them in a pile. So this manual entry of excess mail-in ballots will be exposed. These are not votes that will hold up to what is called an audit, right? When they look at every vote like they now are going to do in Georgia, we know that, they're going to look at every vote. They're going to make sure that every vote was filled out clearly, that the intent of the voter is known, and they're going to make sure the damn vote's legal. They're going to make sure it's not from a dead person. They're going to make sure there's actually a signature matching. They're going to make sure that this mail-in ballot had a witness sign because that's required. And if it didn't, the vote's going to get tossed. There are rules. There are laws. This is a federal presidential election, and you cannot count votes based on only the intent. They have to be legal. I went and voted in person. I took the time. Your vote, if you filled it out sloppy or you you did it illegally or intentionally did a vote to deceive, doesn't count as much as mine. It's not the same. You chose to mail in, you chose to vote sitting in your rocking chair or sitting at your desk at home, that's fine. By doing that, you agree to follow the rules. And if you don't, your vote doesn't count. That's the way we need the Supreme Court to rule in this because um, not only are there um, probably excess votes and fraudulent votes, there are votes that are just plain illegal. And once they're illegal, we don't have to ask why. They're out. Your vote, my vote, would get thrown out if it was illegal. I imagine quite a few Trump votes were thrown out once the election workers in these certain markets like Detroit, like Milwaukee, like Atlanta, like Philadelphia, I have a feeling they had a different standard 
for curing Republican votes as they, uh, you know, as compared to Democrat votes. We know that. We know by the numbers. We know by how this looks. They're going to find that. Um, and and that's that's really where you know I believe this is going. Is you're going to see the Atlanta cases come from the recount. You're going to see claims, um, you know, and that's a win we need, right? If you're you're on Team Trump like I am, you know the vote is within about 10,000 in Georgia. You need a number of bulk ballot illegality to be exposed in this recount and audit. They're off the top. One of the big numbers that stands out is there are over 98,000, this is in Georgia, over 98,000 votes were cast for Joe Biden only and nothing else or no one else down ticket. So this person, 98,000 people, almost 99,000, filled out the ballot only for Joe Biden and then sent it in. Do you know how many did that for Trump? Less than 900. 98,000 plus for Joe Biden, one candidate for president, nothing else. 800 for Donald Trump and nothing else. Yes, people do that, but not to the tune of over 98,000. Right there, there are plenty of votes in that, in that batch alone to flip Georgia and those electoral votes. So have faith. They, they cheated so big because Trump's election night win was going to be so big. And they knew it. They felt it. They saw the rallies. They saw the polls tighten. They saw the pollsters who got it right four years ago, polling all of these states in favor of Trump. So let's step back from these numbers and just look at what really matters. Trump won Florida and Ohio. We talked about this yesterday. You've got to go back to 1962, right? Kennedy was the last presidential winner to win the election without Florida and Ohio. You have states like Iowa and Ohio. So let's talk about Ohio again. Always battleground states. Since we were, you know, we were young, if you're my age, you're in your 50s, you look back to when, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as we can remember, Ohio is the battleground state. As Ohio goes, so goes the election. We've heard every time. This time we didn't talk much about Ohio because Trump was crushing it. Iowa was the same way. The polls were trying to tell you up until election day that Iowa was a battleground state. So we've got these two Midwest states that have always been bellwether states, have always been battleground states, going in giant margins for Trump. I think Iowa ended up being 8%, Ohio in the 6% range. They're blowouts for Midwest states. But their northern Eastern, whatever neighbors like Michigan and Wisconsin were a swing, 11, eight points in the other direction. You're telling me Michigan voted so much differently than Ohio. And by the way, that change occurred per eyewitness account after midnight when these polling locations in cities like Detroit were supposedly closed. Yet we've got one witness saying at 4 a.m. she saw boxes of ballots coming in the back door. They weren't closed. They were closed for observation. They closed to get it done. They closed because they knew that their state mattered, that if Donald Trump wins Michigan, they're in trouble. And these people are part of, don't forget, it's hashtag resist. It wasn't part of the tweets as much as it was a few years ago. We don't see it as much now. It's very much there. It is an accepted sentiment. It's an accepted way of life in these heavy, heavy blue anti-Trump counties like Philadelphia County, like I believe it's called Oakland County, which is where Detroit is, Milwaukee, Atlanta, oh, I don't know, Phoenix or Clark County where Vegas is. You're telling me Vegas 
Uh, Joe Biden beat Hillary's margins in Clark County in a city that is dying from lockdowns and they showed up for the guy that's promising more lockdowns and nationalizing COVID policy. That didn't happen. We don't have, don't let yourself believe that happened. It didn't. You're telling me in all major U.S. cities, Joe Biden outperformed, I'm sorry, underperformed or barely outperformed Hillary Clinton, except for those major U.S. cities that were in battleground states. And he's in double digit, giant leaps in voter turnout over Hillary Clinton and where he trounces Trump. Joe Biden, right? The guy that can barely walk down a staircase, can't answer questions from the press, is literally Sleepy Joe. He drove this massive, massive movement this incredible turnout. I mean, messianic. Like he, like he parted the seas and blew away the first women, first woman presidential candidate in turnout, but only in those battleground cities. It stinks. We know it stinks. Now we got to prove it. And and <laughs> bear bear in mind, um, these these states I mentioned it last night of these battleground states that paused election counting at about midnight on election night. Five of six of those states have Democrat governors, right? I mean, it's no coincidence that these battleground states, other than Arizona, are run by blue, right? So they, these are anti-Trumpers. These are people that are part of the resistance. And they thought, I think they had faith that it would be close enough that their local election teams, the people they could, they knew were going to put their thumb on the scale could do it. I don't think as the election approached, they realized until it got too close how big Trump's lead was going to be, how much of a slaughter it was going to be. And I didn't believe, I wasn't sure this was the case until a few days ago, but it shows a sloppy approach when you see all of the evidence now piling up, pointing to irregularity, pointing to impropriety, pointing to fraud. And they're all different, right? You have just sloppy counting and sloppy curing, counting any Democrat vote that comes in. Is that fraud? No, it's not when you think about people filling out ballots and just completely falsifying what could be considered a government document. I mean, but really, it's a federal crime. But if you're sloppy from a just, you know, you're so biased, you're accepting anything, if it's filled out in crayon, right? If someone's two-year-old circled the J on Joe's name, that's a vote. But if you see something not quite filled in all the way for Donald Trump, you, you throw it out. That's impropriety. Is it fraud? We can argue yes or no. Guess what? I don't care. Vote doesn't count, Bubba. It's out. Biatch. Done. It doesn't matter. I don't want to get into why. Is it illegal? Yes. Adios. I don't care how illegal. I don't care why it was illegal. I don't care if it's just a little illegal. It's illegal. It don't count. Right. And that's that's the that's what we need to see. And we need to see it in Georgia first, because if as that arduous multi-day recount audit goes on and we get some news that they found a significant in the multi-thousands amount of ballots thrown out, even before we know the result of that, we know that it's mail-in ballots and we know it favors President Trump because those mail-in ballots, depending on which county you go to, we're anywhere from 70 to 80% in favor of Joe Biden. Part of that, yeah, it's it's that they pushed it. More Democrats voted mail-in, by no question. And mo- most of them, if you think about the millions who voted, most of them did it, did it legally. But we're down to thousands. We're down to single-digit thousands. So their lead in Arizona and Georgia especially is razor thin. 
And if they didn't build it on a strong foundation of integrity, which we know they didn't, they're in trouble and they know it. As they learn what the Republicans are learning, what these legal teams are learning, you're going to see the message get even more ferocious towards Trump needing to concede, towards Trump um, you know, basically being a dictator. Good old James Clyburn, right, representative from South Carolina, the representative that made Joe Biden the nominee with his endorsement during the primary, Clyburn already dropping Hitler today. He's saying Trump, he's no, I never thought I'd see it in this country. Trump's acting like Hitler. It's like Nazi, it's like uh, Nazi Germany in the 30s. That's that's planned. They are trying to scare people again against Trump. They're trying to scare you because how dare you listen to someone like me, listen to someone like Rush Limbaugh, go to the go to online and support a Nazi. That's their tactic. That's been the way for four years. If you don't realize it, they've been trying to paint you a Nazi just for saying you support the guy ever since he won or before he won. That hasn't changed. That's why I'm anonymous on this. Because just by voicing this in a public forum, my life could get turned upside down because I don't believe what I'm supposed to believe. And therefore, that makes me dangerous. Um, you know, it's it's incredible where we're going with this. It's already showing the disaster that Joe Biden will be with him being potentially a presidential president-elect and president. You know, we'll switch a little bit away from, um, and we'll close with the legal stuff, and I'll give you give you a bit of a prediction. But real quick, if you're familiar with Rahm Emanuel, you might have learned today that he has a brother who's equally as dangerous and as much of a globalist as Rahm is. This guy's name is Ezekiel Emanuel. He's famous for saying a few years back, well, he's a physician, he's an oncologist, and he's part of global policy initiatives uh, for medicine. He is now named the COVID czar. So right away, didn't take Joe Biden's administration more than a few days to, to take us back to the days of czars. The irony of that, of a guy that ran on a socialist close to communist platform, thanks to Bernie Sanders, is now naming czars again. It's too much to handle. We could talk about it in, in a show separately, but it would be rather boring and would probably make you angry. It's so obnoxious. Yeah, this guy, Ezekiel Emanuel, Dr. Emanuel, is now the COVID czar. He is already talking about a globalist vaccine policy. It is what it sounds like, oh, as opposed to nationalists, which he's warning against, meaning Pfizer, we know, has potentially the most effective vaccine they could have hoped for, over 90%. By comparison, you can Google this, vaccines are solid and reliable at over 70%. So vaccine, uh, Pfizer nailed it. Now we've got this guy who's going to come in here and say, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a it's a U.S. paid for with a German partnership, but a U.S. paid for through health and human services, uh, through our tax dollars, paid for vaccine. But we don't want to be nationalistic about it. We want to open it up to lesser fortunate countries. No, thanks. I'm sorry. We will help the world, but we have a surging number here. You don't you don't get to tell me that cases are going up and then when we have 50 million vaccines at the end of the year that our parents, our loved ones who need it or ourselves, God forbid, need it, we have to now wait in line with some globalist initiative because Dr. Emanuel, an unelected bureaucrat with a history of saying basically you should die at 75. He's on record. This guy is now saying we need to immediately share the vaccine 
with the globe, with lesser fortunate countries right away. It's not going to happen because Congress will get calls from their, their constituents and they'll blow up. But this is who we're dealing with. And it's important that we know this is who we supposedly elected, right? And it, we didn't. Um, even by count, if we want to count what was counted, <laughs> the 78 to 74 million as it stands, most people did not vote for this man. And we are not, uh, I mean, it is absolutely uh, ridiculous to think uh, that he won by millions of votes. And now we're seeing why he didn't. Um, this guy, Ezekiel Emanuel, a few years back, stated that he would rather die at 75. He's one of these like death board guys that basically, you know, believes that healthcare investment and and healthcare access for someone over 75, it's okay if it's not the same. At that point, you know, you can start shaving it off and really just letting people go off into the ether. Now, I bet when good old Dr. Emanuel approaches 75, that, that bar is going to shift a little bit. Something tells me it's going to move to 80, right? Like, well, you know, life expectancy is different. As he's approaching his 74th birthday, the czar will declare it really 80s the age, or maybe he'll just bump it to 85 if he's feeling pretty good. His wife's almost 30 years younger than him. So I have a feeling he's planning on living past 75 and might change his tune. But, you know, to close, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing what socialism looks like before the man is even inaugurated. And it's not Joe Biden. He's being puppeted. He had no idea who Ezekiel Manuel was. I can I can see Biden be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. We, Oh, yeah, Rom's brother. And he signed off on it because some extreme leftist who barely has a college degree on his staff got real excited about putting this globalist into the position. And good old Joe put ink on the dotted line because he knows who put him there. He knows who butters his bread, and he's not going to question. He's not going to fight. And he's already talking about nationalizing lockdowns and nationalizing mask mandates, all kinds of exciting things that we can look forward to if Donald Trump stops fighting, which he won't. He's raising money. He's got the best legal teams in all of these states filing actions. And be warned, these actions will be denied locally. Activist judges at the state level will shut these down, and they will go on to the federal and the Supreme Courts. That's the point. They're going to the Supreme Court. The, this is what the Supreme Court's for. And this is why our founding fathers set it up so that the electors can decide the president if there is a total loss of control of the integrity of, vote, of of an election, which I believe we might be able to prove. Trump's team might be able to prove through massive pattern that the elections in these battleground states were intention, intentionally tilted towards Joe Biden in various ways. And you think about Rudy Giuliani, you think about how he went after the mob with RICO conspiracy, right? Conspiracy charges forever changing how you can prosecute organized crime, that is going to be the similar approach here. Because although Rudy's in Philadelphia and mostly focused there, baby, he's worldwide. He's all over on this. He's he's the head dog on conference calls. When they jump on Zoom, big Rudy's on there, and he's getting reports from Arizona, from Georgia, from Nevada, all these states, Michigan, Wisconsin, you name it, Rudy, Rudy's in charge, right? And he's reporting to Trump. He's reporting to the Trump family to the top level administrators on what's going on and making sure they get updates on the probably the most egregious examples on a day-to-day basis. But if you get at the granular level, we're talking thousands. We're talking a hotline that they set up that they got to continually hire people for because they can't handle the calls. So again, I mentioned this yesterday, 
Don't let these fools demoralize you. They're the same people that have thrown hate at you on social media, in person, with their subtle elitism, with their condescension. Don't let them fool you. They don't want unity. They want power. They want you to shut your mouth. And they don't like you that much. Maybe their family doesn't matter. The things they say about you in the car when they're leaving your home would break you if you knew what they were. That's how these people are. I've grown up amongst them. You know, If you know them, you know what I'm talking about. They, their hate for you has blossomed like you can't imagine in the last four years. It's not going to get better. Even if Joe Biden is inaugurated, it won't get better. They want to make lists. They want to name names. They're going after not only the lawyers involved in Trump's legal action, they're going after clients. They're getting lists of people that just so happen to use and retain the same attorneys from the law firms that are part of Trump's legal team. They're going after those people. So don't think this gets better. That's why we're going to call this, I think, in, in perpetuity, be being behind enemy lines, because we are. When you look at the media, you look at the, the absolute censorship and the, the spoon-fed message that we're being forced to feed upon, we are not amongst friends. So don't think that. I don't care where it is, at home, in your hometown, at Little League games, you know, if you live in one of these hardcore blue states, be careful. I, I would audit your social media. I would make sure it's not easy to find out what your political beliefs are publicly because if things go the way I think they're going to go in the next few days, regardless of what happens in the end, things are going to start swinging in Trump's favor. Little by little, you're going to see some stories come out that even these mouth-breathing, hateful people will have to digest. And if they feel like their their absolute way, their will is being questioned, they're going to freak out. They're going to start talking about us stealing the election, and it's going to be because we're racist. It's going to be because we're bigots. We're going right back to that. The Nazi thing is going to pick up. It's going to be Hitler, Hitler, Hitler all over again. That's how you know they're losing. It's how we knew they were going to lose last time. It's how they lost for four years as far as in the battle of ideas is they would go to that weak, immature, and frankly offensive and disgusting line of argument, and they're going to go there fast. You're going to see people engage you, bait you. They're going to want to destroy you. And God forbid for them, Trump gets the win and gets the electoral votes out of legal action. You really got to protect yourself. Nobody will be safe. They're going to be out for vengeance. They're going to target you. They're going to bait you. They're going to try to get you fired. They're going to try to get your, your, ruin your relationships, ruin your reputation, simply because you dare to disagree with them. Don't forget it. That's the premise we're working from on this podcast, is that we have to believe what we need to believe, be proud of it amongst ourselves, but let's not be stupid. Let's not forget who we're dealing with, and don't let their absolute, let's use baseless because they like to use it, their baseless requests, their baseless claims that they want unity. What base is that on? That they won? I'm real suspicious of all my airbook air quotes friends here on social media who are calling for unity now and feeling like we can move forward. Why didn't you call for that last year? You waited till you got your way and now you want a truce? I'm not giving it to you. Now, am I going to publicly say, go jump in a lake, eat my shorts on social media or to their face? No, I'm just not going to respond. I'm not going to give them the satisfaction because they don't get it. They're not going to get unity from me. That's not what unity is. They want their way. They want power. They'll never compromise. You can have the best idea on the planet. Hell, you can have a vaccine for COVID 
and they will reject it because of who it came from or who it's associated with, and that's Donald Trump. And no matter what happens, he's not going away. Trumpism is a movement that will never leave the Republican Party, and you will see it, I guarantee, in the Georgia runoffs. Uh, the Republicans got Alaska today. They sit at 50 senators. I think they're going to get both in Georgia based on what's gone on and the scrutiny that's going to hit Georgia and the energy and guess what? The rallies with Donald Trump in Georgia that will take place to drive uh, Loeffler and Purdue well over the finish line. Got, and what, what if it's an actual fair election? They'll win by a landslide. So really be positive, you know, but be careful. Uh, I'm going to do this daily. I'll, I'll watch the news. I'll take notes throughout the day, and I'll make sure I give you the best update I can. And hopefully, as I keep doing this, the message becomes clearer and the delivery, uh, delivery becomes better. So again, thanks for tuning in and, and look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow.